Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Daniel, and today I'm going to talk to another Daniel, and we are friends um, before business. We met, I think, four or five years ago for the first time. Uh, Back then I was at the uni, and he was, I think, in high school or just finished high school back then. So a long time ago, but after that we jumped into um, the world of e-commerce, and I invited him today. And please welcome Daniel Varga. Hey, Daniel. Um, hey, guys. Please tell us more about how we met, um, because I think it wasn't really e-commerce related. Yeah, it wasn't at all. Uh, thanks for the invite. Um, and thanks for you, listeners. So, yeah, pretty much uh, we met four or five years ago. Uh, we are friends since. We are almost, I would say, like, we are very close friends, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. We are going yeah. to Prague together, actually, yeah, next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we are very close friends. Um, so I had the privilege of seeing Daniel's work very closely, and also he uh, he was he was seeing like my work very very closely. So yeah, uh, we met. I'm not even sure like where exactly, but uh, we met through through other friends. We were really into SAP development. I mean, we are still are. Yeah. Uh, but that time was, that was the big part of our journey, I would say. Um, and yeah, since then, uh, I think I started doing business before you, right? It was. Yeah. 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 I started around 2017. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I started 2017. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's how we met. <laughs> it's funny yeah. uh, how we could, because like you are, your clients are pretty much the same guys as I am. <laughs> so th- that's very funny. And also I like it because, uh, of course, I-, I can see like how you guys are operating. And just because of this, I can see much more into the email marketing side of things. Uh, and also that just like the retention marketing as you are presenting yourself now with the whole like chat uh chest stuff, email stuff. So yeah, it's pretty exciting to see from behind the curtains. So yeah. Yeah, and uh, same here. I, I have a lot of uh, info about what you do and how you operate your businesses with your business partners. So I think it's a great uh, relationship on both sides yeah, and sure. not just in terms of business. Um, so please tell us more about how you got started with e-commerce because I think your first business wasn't e-commerce actually back then. Um, that's partly true. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, we, we organized a party <laughs> for the series uh, in Budapest uh, because that's where we are from. Um, yeah, it, it turned out pretty okay, uh, but it wasn't the best. I was like 18 back then, so... I started pretty early. I mean, I know a lot of people who started earlier, but compared to most of the people I know, like I started pretty early. Um, and then uh, I know it, that it's not for me. So that's where I was thinking, okay, let's do something else. 
And I wasn't even thinking about e-commerce. I was just thinking like, okay, what can I do? Uh, which is not like the regular nine to five. And, um, and I knew that I, I, I don't want to like go to, to university. I didn't see it as an option. I, I never really liked to learn stuff if they tell me what to learn. So, so I was like, okay, no, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do it. And um, that's where I was thinking like what other people are doing uh, in my environment. And I saw my father was doing something in, in the phone accessory niche. And I was like, okay, let's do the same. <laughs> so in, in a year, I became my father pretty much like <laughs> the other business who's doing the same thing. <laughs> so it, it's, it's funny. Uh, but you know, like it wasn't his main thing or something. So it wasn't that a big of a deal. Um, and then from there, I was working on that uh, phone accessory business, which is um, called eyeglass. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a screen protector for iPhones. Um, I mean, we, we worked pretty hard on it. Of course, like the Hungarian market, we were saying it's only for the Hungarian market. So it's a bit limited. That's, um, that's why after that I moved to, to dropshipping, but I think you will ask about that probably later. So yeah, um, so yeah, it wasn't the first, I wasn't even like, uh, conscious about my actions that I'm building up an e-commerce store right now. We just, yeah. How can I sell this thing? And it seemed mm-hmm. easier to do it online than offline um so that was the whole thing about i didn't know anything about facebook ads or anything like that i didn't know how to market i didn't know anything really i learned through the way i didn't i haven't taken like any i I didn't take any courses so um the first course i took after like uh, it was after like four years or something so (laughs) i wasn't learning the easy way let's say Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah, you learned it by yourself, right, from the beginning. And I guess after a while you picked up the knowledge, you joined all of these Facebook groups and and you checked more courses about this. I know you are a great friend, uh, friends with Floris, uh, or that's his name, right, Floris? Uh, Florian? He's, no, it's Florian. Ah, Florian, yeah. Because we always call him Flo- Flori, I think, yeah, and, yeah. and I don't even know his real name. Yeah, he's a great French guy um yeah and um you just picked up the knowledge by yourself and i know that um, you had business partners or you actually you still have in the, in that company uh two other guys and you started this when you were around 18 19 something yeah. like that yeah around that yes um 2016 yeah. april so i was still 18 i think yeah mm-hmm. um yeah so that's no, you, were still, 19, 19. you were still in high school, right? Back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was the it was the ending of high school. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and um yeah, maybe I think the audience would be interested how you uh divided or distributed the work uh between each other. Uh just two episodes ago with Ben, uh we talked about business partnerships and how it can be beneficial or, or not. And what's your experience? Because I think um, in all of your businesses, you had business partners, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, I always had business partners, so I don't really know how it is when you don't have any. I mean, I had some experiences uh, where I was like, let's say mentoring someone uh, that happened before, but I wouldn't call it a real business. So... Yeah, I, I would say um, 
I never really worked alone in the business. And I think like if you're thinking about like how can you have a good business partner, um, well, it's it's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I still haven't figured it out completely, but um, in like with that business, uh, with the screen protector one, uh, it wasn't really I wasn't really conscious about my actions at all. So I didn't know what I'm doing. I was very naive. I was just doing what I felt to do. And, you know, I was picking up knowledge from Gary Vee. Like, that was the only person I knew in this place. In this place. He wasn't even, like, talking about, you know, practical e-commerce stuff. He was, like, talking about things which were interesting, but wasn't that helpful. But he, but he was, actually, he was the, the one which uh, took me to the, the journey of learning, like, Facebook ads, uh, because mm-hmm. he was like teaching, uh, he was like talking about Facebook as you know, like how good is it? And, uh, but just like very, in, a, in like a vague way. <laughs> so I just looked up after that and I was, I tried to figure it out. So <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, I was doing the marketing side more likely, uh, which I'm very grateful that I did it because probably if i if i choose some if i have chosen something else i wouldn't be here now and i i think like i learned a lot of stuff just by doing email mark uh, not email marketing sorry i just by doing marketing uh, but i was doing email marketing as well <laughs> but just by doing marketing i learned a lot of stuff uh from there uh, but about like the branding you know because i think like a lot of people right now like call their stuff a brand uh, I wouldn't say it's a brand, but this business actually happened to be a brand. Uh, but it took three years or something, four years. So yeah, right now I, I think I can call this a brand. And uh, I learned, I mean, I was like the main, the key people to make this work. And I'm not saying this because, you know, I have my, I don't know, like I have a big ego or something, but actually I will. <laughs> so, um, but my other partners were more like into sales and uh, the other parts of the business, like inventory management and stuff like that. But yeah. after, after I think like two or three years, I realized that uh, I was pretty key in this business. And I realized that I should have maybe chosen Visor <laughs> in, in terms of like knowledge, because uh, now I think like, if you really want to like, if you really want to have a business partner, you should think uh, more in a way that, who has what knowledge or what value can that person bring to the table? So if, if that's money, let it be money. But if that's knowledge, that's probably even better, you know, because I know I'm not a medical guy. I'm not a finance guy. I had to learn it in a way that I can calculate cash flow. I can see everything, but I'm still not like the best in it. And I don't even want to be, but I know like, I know that someone who is more analytical and can see the numbers through and much better in it uh, would be like a great partner, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's it's pretty much just what can you bring to the table and what your partner can bring mm-hmm. to the table. Uh, and I also learned that in this small country like Hungary, so if you're like European or you have like a small local business or something, I think having more than uh, one or two partners uh, beside you is completely, I mean, it's not useless, but a lot of money will be shared, right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I think like one one more partner is okay, but more than that in a small, small uh, 
a country like Hungary, that's a bit too mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about having no partners? In so you are you own you know the, you you own the whole company in e-commerce. What do you think? Because interestingly, in the agency world, it's very common, and in the e-commerce world, it's it's rarer. It's not as common. And I don't know why, yeah. but this is how it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's true. Um, I think operating alone can be done. Um, I think I couldn't have done what what I have done alone. And it's not really about like it's not really about knowledge. It's not really about anything at all. Uh, but it's more about the mental mental strengths uh, mm -hmm. of business. I, I think. I think having a partner could be good because you can rely on it. So it's it's like a marriage or something, you know. Like if, if shit happens, you can still rely on your partner. You know, you can just go 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 and cry to her. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? So uh, you can pull each other up when uh, there are hard times. And I, I have experienced a lot of times that uh, maybe I I was facing hard times dealing with some situations and my my partner wasn't really and uh he pulled me up you know and uh and then we managed to get through the situation and solve the situation right meanwhile maybe if i was alone i i couldn't have done that and maybe i i would i, I wasn't i don't uh, i don't think i would have given it up but it would have been much harder if i would be alone you know so Yeah, having a partner that could be beneficial for that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think the same. Yeah, and I don't have a business partner, so it's it's hard. Me, baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can lean on you. So uh, let's talk more about this uh, Hungarian uh, local phone accessories brand. You started this four years ago, right? And. Um, You used a lot of uh, influencer marketing, Facebook ads, your partners, they did uh, offline uh, sales. Yeah. They, uh, they um, signed contracts with uh, retailers in Hungary. And um, what, uh, and, and I, knew that, I, I know that you wanted to expand to the UK and to other European countries. And, and, and what what's up with that part and what's your experience um what were the struggles the main challenges and um what do you think how someone can go from an eastern european small country to a big market like germany or the uk um i think it's much easier to do it the other way around <laughs> but if you're doing the other way around you will probably not You probably don't want to go into smaller countries, right? <laughs> then you want to aim to the global uh, side of things. Um, but yeah, but if you have something going on well um, in a small country like Hungary, um, I would say don't be so confident about yourself. I was, uh, and it was a mistake because um If it's selling well in your local small country, that doesn't mean it's gonna sell well in on a scaled level like USA or UK or in those type of countries. That that doesn't mean the same thing, especially if you have a product that's that doesn't sell itself. So if you have a product like us, uh, this product is not that sexy. You know, it's um it's boring. It, it's it's really not uh, not something that you would buy from an impulse purchase. 
it's more of like, yeah, I know this product. It, it costs a bit higher than others. Uh, I'm not going to buy it right away. Maybe I will give it a try after I saw it like a few times. So that's, that, uh, that's where the whole branding comes into play, um, which is fine. But to build up a brand, you need a lot of cash flow. So like you need a lot of, lot of cash in hand uh, to build it up, especially in countries like UK. You can't just go there and expect people to react the same way as they did to your, uh, to your, to in your own country, right? So, uh, that was something I learned there, uh, because yes, as you said, we wanted to go to the UK. It was a complete failure. Uh, I think maybe if you have, would have strict, uh, stick through, uh, maybe, maybe it, it, it turned out to be good, but, um, we didn't have any money to, to finance that thing to just scale out these big countries. Um, so yeah, if you have the cash flow for it, um, then it's good to go. Um, or so you are willing to actually pay upfront much higher price for Facebook ads and all these platforms because, of course, social is much higher priced in these uh, countries where there are much more people bidding for the same people. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna cost you more. Um, so if you are willing to invest, let's say half year without making any profits paying 3x of the amount you spend on ads uh, in your local country, then go for it. If you're, if you're not comfortable with that, then maybe it's not the thing for you. But I would say there's an exception when you have a product which is actually good and actually, I mean, not good, good in a way that you can buy it from an impulse purchase. So you see it and it's, whole, it's very emotional. So like the typical products that dropshippers sell um, that you can buy from an impulse uh, impulse buy, then it could be good. But usually those people don't start in small countries. So they, say they, they usually start with dropshipping uh, to, to a lot of countries or maybe like they start in France or something like Florian does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, a bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. And um, also from another perspective, uh, we just talked about it with my team that uh, now us is the brand america is the brand and simply if you just put into the name that this is an american hamburger people uh, they are okay to pay five dollars more for the hamburger simply because of the name and same in e-commerce as well if you start selling in the us and then you expand to eastern europe or or i don't know to some other countries and you just simply say that this brand is already successful in the US. Uh, yeah, totally. This this simple fact already helps a lot to to build your business and sell your products, which is which is very interesting. However, there are certain um, brands which started from Hungary and just today I watched an interview with the marketing director of Biotech, if you know the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a nine-figure, uh, not only e-commerce, um, partly digital, partly offline, but I think they are the third biggest supplement brand in Europe and they want to get into the top two. So um, they started here and they expanded uh, over Europe or there is the energy drink called Hell. This is also from Hungary and they are also they are also low nine-figure per year, I think. So... There are some exceptions. I I'm not uh, familiar with their with with their business model as much. Probably probably they didn't uh, start on online, but uh, 
I, I think uh, there is a way to to expand from Eastern Europe to to Western Europe or yeah, to the right. US. There is definitely a way, but um, so there are two ways. As you said, like if you are selling in the US and you want to expand to Europe in their own language, let's say, that's yeah. like reversing the stuff which I was talking about. Like <laughs> you pay uh, not three x, you know, you you just pay the yeah like. Not, not, not even close to that money. You, you will love, yeah. you know, like how much you pay to get to the same, yeah. to get the same CPMs as, like, let's say in the US. Yeah. So it's very different, and and it's gonna be much easier job to do. And you don't need much money to do that. Um, mm-hmm. it's just a decision where you want to go. Um, but I would say, like, I, I, I have friends um, successfully expanded into other countries uh, from Hungary. Uh, but they didn't expand to UK or US. They were expanding into other Eastern European countries mm-hmm. or, you yeah. know, like our neighbors and stuff like that. So it's it's uh, their own language. It, it's still small, uh, but you don't need that much, as, a, as much cash to do it. And uh, yep. I'm not sure how, like, Biotech was doing it or the, this, kind of, uh, this company that you talk about, but they, they probably, I'm not sure, but if they had the, the cash to do it, they can, of course, go to the US right away. But if not, you can just build it up slowly and maybe let's say it will take you, I don't know, five years. But you will build up so yeah. much capital uh, in the meanwhile that you it, it won't be as much of a struggle to go, let's say, to the US, mm-hmm. UK, or Australia, or whatever, uh, you name yeah, it. Yeah. But you, 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 have to, you have to get some cash to do that. And it's a good way to pick it up from these uh, smaller countries around mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, okay, so after this um, local brand, and and you are still involved this this local brand, um, you started uh, you started doing more uh, like a, a dropshipping store, and uh, I know you picked another business partner who is also a friend of mine and a friend of yours as well, Mate, and um, you started dropshipping, and and how the idea came up, and and um, how how was it overall? Yeah, I mean, the idea came up because I wanted to grow. I I, I just I was so like I would say immature <laughs> in in a very youngish way, which is normal probably for my age. I, I was uh, I was like, okay, this 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 uh, this protector brand is going okay, but you know, I I, I can't scale it up as much as I wanted to be scaled. Um, because you know we failed in the UK, we we failed in expanding, and I wanted to to get the big pie, <laughs> and uh, that, that's why I, I decided, okay, fuck this, I, I want to move to to something else, and uh, I want to move to international. I want to do something which can really lend me big monies, and uh, that's where uh, the whole thing came up. Uh, so the whole purpose of the thing was money, <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, after looking back, it's probably not the best decision um to just really have the purpose of money 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 um so yeah uh, that that was that's why we were starting it and we were really like bootstrapping the whole thing um and we started it when it wasn't that sexy yet i know like when was this which year um, 20, 2018, or beginning of 2018 i would say mm-hmm. when we were yeah. thinking about it 2017 and end of 2017 but it was more of just like thinking about it you know there was no not, not much action behind it so yeah 2018 when we started uh, 
testing stuff, started testing things. And that's that's when I uh, actually met uh, Florian, who you mentioned before. Uh, or met, like told. He helped me a bit. And uh, that's where I had to learn a lot of things which I haven't haven't learned from uh, from the local business. But then I had to realize, okay, this is something different. You know, like you have to mm-hmm. pay much higher price to get uh, as much amount of people. Um, I mean, in, in terms of CPMs, uh, the CPCs are much higher. Everything is much higher. So getting a direct response is in these countries like US, UK, Australia, Canada, like the big five in New Zealand. Um, <laughs> it's not that easy, right? So I had to learn it the hard way again, um, how to do it. Because I, I think I, I was pretty good at branding and I was pretty good at like, I was I was okay in direct response in Hungary, but it's like you know, like a kindergarten. Now I'm moving up to the school, <laughs> so you know it it wasn't that easy. Um, so yeah, it took took us probably half year when we started making our first uh, profits. Uh, but I was still my other leg was still in the local uh, the Hungarian business, uh, the screen protector one, and then I made the hard choice of uh, okay. Let's just focus on dropshipping now because I can see that that this is this is going well, and uh, that's where we all focus there. I I made a lot of I made a bunch of friends there. I I think uh, I learned a lot, really a lot, um, in terms of mental strengths and in terms of mindset, in terms of marketing, especially marketing. Uh, that response, like a lot, lot of these things, like I learned from there. Uh, so I'm pretty grateful for that, uh, but of course there were there were mistakes done, <laughs> and I, I I could have done it better in many many ways, uh, but now of course now I know, but I didn't know back then. What was your niche? Well, we were mainly selling in beauty. Um, yeah, probably all the time. I mean, I mean, we we started testing a lot of different things. Of niches, uh, I wasn't really a big fan of general stores even back then. But we started as doing a general store, but I don't know, man. I just don't like it. I still prefer the branded looking, feeling way of doing things. And I felt like it's really not for me. And I still feel, I mean, I still feel that for knee stores even. Um, because, yeah, I want, I want to do something that's actually valuable, you know, and looks good and feels good and people value, not just like some random store on Facebook. and. I just buy the shit and that's it. Yeah, actually, a few days ago, I read this by a very good e-com marketer that you can pick two approaches. One approach is that you pick a niche and you build a brand around that niche with a with a great product. And I think you you pick this way or you prefer this way. But the other way is. Um, you open a general store and you and you always go after the trends and you always want to you know surf on the wave and uh, and actually it can also work yeah, and and you after a while you can even uh, build up a, a brand from your general store look at Amazon or you look at wish and all of these uh, general stores and actually it's possible as well so I don't mean the traditional general dropshipping store when you want to sell every, you know, every gadgets to, to everyone. But actually, it's possible to build up a very good general store. Uh, probably it's harder than an e-store, 
um yeah but but i think that's also uh doable to to do a very good branded general store yeah i mean we were thinking about that before um but yeah it's, it's not easy um it's much easier to to build up a brand or something that has a passionate audience and it's not like a general thing i mean yeah if you look at amazon yeah they did it but I mean, they started off with books, right? So it wasn't, that was their niche. Then they just mm-hmm. found it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It took them more than 10 years. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was before even like journalists started were cool. So yeah, if you want to build big, I think maybe I can name like a few journalist stores which actually has some sort of brand. And mm-hmm. of course, I wouldn't mind having a beach, of course. That, that That's amazing. and It looks exciting, but... It's not even a general story. It's a platform they built. So that's a bit different. Uh, but I I know a lot of people who have general stories. I have a bunch of people. I, uh, I'm, I'm in friendship with many, many people who have general stories. And uh, it's okay, but I don't, I don't like it. I don't see myself doing this general stories, chasing money, chasing trends, chasing products forever. Um, and there is a movement behind this, actually. <laughs> a movement, really? I mean, if you think about it, like every every dropshipper turns into a branded guy, <laughs> you know. Like the if you look at people, they're all saying, "Yeah, I don't know, like, I don't really like um, doing dropshipping anymore. Like, I'm gonna build up a real brand." <laughs> that's uh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Um, and then they are doing something which looks like a brand, but you can't call it a brand, of course. Um, yeah which is normal i'm i'm doing the same actually right now but i want to build it up to a real brand i I have some experience from from the local business and i know that what these people think they have as a brand it's not a brand it's not even a close to a brand i I would call it a brand when when i can walk up to the street and talk to some random people and ask about my you know i tell them what's what i'm doing and they say "Uh aha i know that another thing yeah Mm -hmm. what you're doing i know what you what your values are, you know, I mean, not consciously, but he know he has some idea about like, what are we stand for? Why, 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 why we are in this world? Not like yeah. I named some random general store name and they're like, what? I never, like, yeah, the edgesfriends.com. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's a bit different, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And um, what, uh, what's, um, have you been doing recently? I know, uh, you've been doing uh, skincare, and um, yeah, yeah, um, yes. Uh, so we are trying to. We, we had a product before uh, which were going well, and now we are trying to build up uh, it as a brand. Uh, but it's still under pro- progress, and it's uh, well, it's not easy at all. <laughs> so, but I want to stick to it. And uh, right now, like I, I know that. <laughs> Whatever dropshipper makes as a mistake is um, they really just go from product to product. And once it's not working well, they just give up. And uh, it's not really like, a, it's not really a marketer mindset uh, because pretty much you can sell anything anytime if you are a good marketer, I believe. Of course, mm-hmm. there are times when it's easier and there are times when it's harder. Uh, but if you to stick through, uh, you can build up a brand around it. It's just not gonna be that easy. Um, and we know that this product had traction before, and it still has. 
Um, so we started uh, doing it. I mean, we had some problems with Facebook, uh, as many people still do. And I know probably some listeners had some problems with Facebook uh, in, in terms of like, they started to be much more strict. They started to disable accounts. They started to disapprove ads. Uh, they don't say anything to you and all these things. I know some people who actually moved away from Facebook to Google and it started to be a thing to move from Facebook to Google as well. It's a bit trendy among dropshippers. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. What was the, what was the main question? Yeah. So what have you been doing recently? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know yeah. you started the skincare brand. You sell in the US, I think. Yeah, and, I'm uh, in the US. Yeah. Uh, it is more about UK. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, okay. US don't really care. I don't know why, but you have to figure out. But it's okay for me. I mean, I actually prefer if uh, there is one big country who buys um, because it's going to be easier for the whole infrastructure to, to operate. Uh, because our goal right now is, uh, I mean, my vision for this thing is to become like a very, very big skincare brand. And uh, right now we are uh, selling mainly to as an anti-aging uh, product. But I want to scale out to to acne, to to men's skincare, to to women's skincare between twenty five to thirty five. So I, I really want to uh, scale out uh, in many different sub niches under skincare. Um, so I, I have now like a five year vision of this um, to do it. I think it's, it's doable. Uh, but it's gonna take a lot of time and energy and money into uh, to build this up into this thing. So yeah, yeah but, but I'm happy that uh, there is one country which is uh, peaking because it's gonna be easier that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that you started with, with women. So uh, how is it to sell something to women while you are a man? And and what do you think? How much you can understand the audience and? Also, in general, what do you think when someone wants to sell a product to a totally different audience than you are? So what skills you need for that or or how it can be done? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about your audience who is listening to this, but um, if you're just starting out, I, I would always say, like, start something that you are in. So start something, start, start a niche which you are part of. Um, don't start something which you don't know anything about. And uh, it's still something for me which we struggle uh, because we, we still don't understand completely the audience, but we still manage to sell to them. So it's, it's a funny, uh, <laughs> controversial thing, but uh, we managed to sell to them even though we don't understand them completely. So that's why we implement this stuff on our website, like hot jar polls that uh, pops up after a certain amount of time that I know that the average user buys a product um, and it asks questions like, what did you miss you know, from the website? We installed post-purchase uh, survey as well. So mm-hmm. we are trying to figure it out. And we also uh, thought of um, hiring some consultants in this area. So they could teach us more about the ingredients and everything, like how what is good for what, you know, and uh, then we were more smarter about the whole thing. So we want to educate ourselves. I think probably the one who could win the most understands the audience the most. Um, so I know this and uh, yeah, so it's not enough that we are good marketers. We have to 
I mean, if you want to be like exceptional marketers, you have to understand them and you can't just make it other way. Um, so we are working on that. So yeah, if you're just starting out, of course, it's much better if you, if you, if you choose a niche, which you are part of and you understand it, or maybe your friend is like your close friend is in the niche, then, uh, then you can ask some questions to him or your, your other friends, you know, uh, but you have to understand it. it's going to be much harder to sell it to them if you don't understand them. Yeah. I think, uh, in this case, you need a lot of qualitative data. So, uh, many or most marketers, they are crazy about numbers like quantitative uh, data, like ROI and, and click through rate and CPC and all of these, but they miss the qualitative part. So what people, uh, say about your brand about your products uh, how they talk to each other how how they communicate what words they use and all of these and you can as you said you can use surveys and and you can even call them if you can and all you know you need a lot of conversation with these people and after a while, after a while you will just pick up the knowledge about the audience so i think that can help not just looking at the numbers all the time yeah um, yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's hard. It's, it's hard. Yeah. I know maybe it's not hard for you because uh, you are not doing the front-end stuff. But when you are just scaling up ads and uh, <laughs> you look at ROAS, you look at all these KPIs, and uh, you only see numbers, but those are actually people. <laughs> and yeah. it's yeah. so hard uh, to think about it. I mean, we probably have the same thing because you are all, all, also seeing numbers just in different platform. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It's it's weird. It's weird to think about that. Actually, that I don't know, ten thousand purchases are are people. <laughs> not like this is not a game. It's not a video game. Yeah, I not a Grand Theft Auto or something. It's actually some people are buying your stuff. And yes, and if you see through that, and if you if you care about all that ten thousand people, and if you you can ask them, and you set up the good system to ask them, yeah, and you're gonna you have a big future, <laughs> probably. Um, so that, that's, that's my goal as well. But we have to work our way to it. And we need a lot of cash into to investing all, to all these systems and, uh, and people and, uh, and customer support as well. And right now, I, I'm, I'm doing the customer support myself. And uh, I enjoy it a lot. And, uh, you know, we can outsource it if I really want to. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but I don't want to. And uh, I want to, I want to do it until it's just too much. You know, I, I'm, I'm not like probably after two hours of doing it daily, I would outsource it. But right now, it's um, with these amounts of purchases, uh, we are still testing around. It, it, it's doable, and uh, I can see the data myself. You know, I, I just educating me uh, about their issues and everything, and I know what to improve. Um, so yeah, that that could be beneficial. Or maybe just investing into someone who is a very very good customer service people, uh, assistant, and they they have the the system set up. Uh, so you have the system set up for them, so you can see all the feedbacks from your customers, and then from there you can build up uh, funnels. We can build up ads. You can of course monetize the data, and that's the key. And but by monetizing it, you're also doing good for them because. They, they, will, they will feel it that you're talking to them, right? They will feel yeah. like, yeah, 
this company understand me. Like they get it. They get what I want. They they know what my what's on my head right now. Um so of course take my money. Yeah, that's I think that's a great point. At the beginning you can do the customer support by yourself. And I know other brands, uh friends and we some of our clients, they uh, still manage the support by themselves or, or their family members or close friends. And uh, one one of the guys, he lives in the U.S. and he sells um, uh, sneakers for for uh, or, or trainers, uh, shoes, um, mostly for um, people in martial arts like boxers and, and, and all of these sports. And uh, he did the sport by himself before. So he totally understands the brand. And I think in the packaging, he even uh, gives, gives away a small chocolate to everyone who buys the product and uh, i know other guys who print the t-shirt and then they even call a few customers on the delivery day and they do a lot of small it's nice amazing. things that pe- people really appreciate it and it's very personal so i i think uh, it can work and even if you scale up you can create systems around this um so yeah i, I think that's a great thing um, by the way, do you also use Google ads or, or, or what? Uh, I know that you are a big fan of Facebook ads simply because you learned it for, for many years. Um, how about Google ads or other sources? Uh, Google shopping. I mean, I'm a fan of Facebook ads, but it's, it's a love hate relationship. <laughs> it's like a good lover or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's an interesting relationship with them, but, um, I'm working on it to to really look at them as partners, uh, not an enemy. <laughs> but sometimes I feel like they are the enemy, which is not good. Uh, but uh, yeah, at the moment, I'm thinking of them as like that. Uh, Google, I mean, I was managing some ads, but I'm not an expert, not even close. Um, but uh, yes, we started uh, we started testing. Uh, things in Google, but it's it's different. You can't expect to to have impulse purchases like on Facebook. You can't expect to uh, to have uh, good returns on day one. Um, so that's something I don't want to learn um, because I want to know. Like I can, I want to know it in a way that I can overlook. Uh, but that's how I think of everything right now. Because uh, if I want to learn. All these little things, probably I won't know anything and it's going to take me a lot of time. Uh, but I have an overlook and uh, I can understand it in a way that I can overlook. So, yes, sir, at the, at the, currently we are not running uh, Google Ads, but uh, it's it's on the list. Uh, probably probably after Facebook, it's going to be the second thing. We are only running some retargeting on Google, uh, which has good returns, of course. Um, but the main things like Google Shopping and AdWords, we are not doing it. And I was also uh, thinking about Bing, uh, Bing ad, mm-hmm. uh, because it's very similar to Google. And I was looking at statistics, and uh, our um, demographic is there. So after we figured out Google, that's probably going to be the third thing. And of course, there are Pinterest and all these other platforms, um, which I'm pretty excited to move on. But I don't want to move on on my own. So. I, I made this mistake of learning everything on my own, which sounds good, but uh, it's not that good. <laughs> I mean, I could have probably just uh, learned some courses and cut my time into half and uh, be here. So 
yeah, uh, it's, it's a learning from from this entrepreneurial journey, I would say. Yeah, so um, in in our Facebook group, I uh, posted our that we would have a talk uh, today, and um, I asked the the Facebook uh, group members what questions they have uh, to you, and uh, we received two questions. The first one, um, if you started um, started from scratch again, how would you do it differently? Yeah, um, if I would have started again with my knowledge right now, or it would be just... Uh, uh, yeah, probably with your knowledge now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if I would start it again, um, <laughs> well, I would probably start doing... Um, I would probably start doing something which can make me some money. Um and I was, this sounds bad, but easy money. So right now, what is easy money for me? It would be probably Hungarian stores. Because now with my knowledge, can pretty much pull off um, close to six-figure store with ease. Like that, that wouldn't be that big of a deal right now. Um, like, like high six figures, but like the low six figures. Um, so that would make me some money. And from there, I would uh, invest my money into testing out different valid proven products uh, in the global market. And uh, if something sticks, something is going well for me there, um, then I would uh, stick through and forget about all these short-term things. And, uh, and I would invest my time into there and... Uh, Probably I would start off with dropshipping as that's the easiest way to do, but I would invest heavily into into creatives and marketings and videos and all these angles um, and research. And then from there, improve the product. And then from there, you actually have a brand. I mean, you have something which is going to be your brand or could be your brand. Um, so yeah, yeah that, that's, that's how I would do it. I would start earning money. And then from there, I would invest into something long-term, global. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other question was, what was the biggest takeaway in the last few years since you are in business? Uh, well, one of the biggest takeaways would be uh, move faster. Uh, I, I, I was I was thinking about this not, yeah, like a few weeks ago. Uh, I told this to my current partner, my current main partner, and he told me that's in his opinion, it's not that true. In my opinion, it's kind of true that uh, we do too much time between decisions. And uh, when there was like some hard times, we took too much time to, to do things. So mm-hmm. because... Can you, can you tell us an example? Yeah, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, so for example, uh, we had the... We had, we had running the uh, dropshipping store. It was going well. Um but after a while, like Facebook got freaked, we got we got banned, and uh, we had like I don't know, like, we, we had probably six or even more, like nine months or something, uh, that we were taking kind of a pause. And it seemed like a good idea back then that we just wait. I'm not wait like magically something to happen. We were proactive about it, but at the meantime, I had a lot of free time. So, and I wasn't much investing my free time into other stuff that could 
benefit me in terms of knowledge, money, or whatever. I was just focusing on this as I, because I told myself, okay, this is fine. Just wait, do something about it, and it's going to be okay. But if you're just telling this to yourself all the time, maybe it's going to, like, time time flies. Time passes by so fast. So you will just notice, okay, fuck, like, nine months pass by. Uh, <laughs> you know, 10 months pass by, 11 months pass by. What I'm going to do? I should have done something more. Uh, should have something more with the speed, of course. So now I'm, I'm thinking back and I would say we should have, or I should have started, let's say, a Hungarian store or let's say teaching in Hungary or let's say teaching globally, whatever. It just, if I have some free time, don't spend it, I don't know, like chasing girls or going into bars or whatever. Don't do that. Instead of that, I could I can still gain some knowledge and, 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 and money, which I can maybe later on use when we come back with the original plan. So, and this is something I, I learned very, very recently because I did this, which I'm talking, which I'm telling right now. I, I had free time. I was like, okay, I'm not going to wait here like a stupid idiot. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to fix my situation in terms of finance and stuff. I'm going to invest my time into things that can benefit me. And then from there, I still have time to do my main thing. And once uh, my main thing is back, I can just say goodbye to everything. Uh, and that's what I did now. And I'm very happy that I did it because I, I'm going to be honest. I felt like a useless shit when I, when I wasn't doing something. You know, I, I felt like what I'm doing with my life. You know, I, I'm working two hours or something that... That's not life. You know, I want to work on something. I want to work on my vision. I want to do something. And I don't want to to wait for, and let's say, Facebook to, to fix my thing or something. I, I want to be proactive about it. And I want to be proactive not in just my main visit, but I want to be proactive in my life. And, uh, yeah, that was one of the biggest lessons for me, to just don't wait. And if you have time, do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing I would add to this, yep. uh, and I really like this phrase: you should, you should be, um, you shouldn't be patient with your actions, but you should be patient with the results. Um, so, so mm. yeah, that's a great takeaway that you mentioned. Um, and my last question to you, and I ask this from every guest. So, we talked about a lot of things in the last fifty minutes, and. Um, is there anything that you uh, want to add um, to to this talk at the end? Any advice? Any any tips that you want to mention? Um, well, again, I'm not sure who listens, but um, I would say I learned this after two or three years after uh, after 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 being in a brand, after being in in a very direct response business. Um, that, uh, blah, blah, blah. well, pretty much you can, uh, you have to look at your product in a, in a, in a perspective or your service or whatever you are selling is, is this something that needs more branding or is this something that doesn't need much branding because it sells itself. And I would categorize products or even maybe services, uh, into into these two pockets um, and, and you have to realize like what's yours. And there are some products which are both, uh, you know, like 
some some uh, they're both in the same. So they're yep. the both packets, but most uh, most of the things are eagered into one of them, and you have to know which one is yours, and you have to be uh, real about it, and you have to be proactive about it. Because, for example, the Phonex X3 now I know that it's not an impulse product; it's not an emotional product. It, it doesn't sell itself. And my partners were like, this is an impulse product. You know, like people want to buy it right away. And then I had to realize after looking at the data, after <laughs> after learning how to look at the data, <laughs> that it's not true. Um, so yes, uh, I would say if you want to build like something like a big a big brand and you, you don't have much capital, probably the best to choose something which sells itself, but brandable. So uh, you can build up a brand uh, as you go, not the other way around, because that's going to cost a lot, uh, especially if you're targeting uh, big five. That's going to be a lot of time and energy and money uh, other than that. So yeah, that, that's what we are doing right now. Like I know that our product right now, which we chose, it's not selling itself like 100%, like not selling, not, I wouldn't say it's like 10 out of 10 selling itself, but it can still uh, sell itself so it can still generate impulse buyers which is probably the best uh to have as a product if you want to build a brand because it's not that easy that any people can do it but it's still e- uh, easy uh to gain money as you go and use that money to build a brand around it. i'm not sure mm-hmm. if, <laughs> if it was uh if you get what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. So if I understood well, you need a product what sells itself, at least for a certain extent at the beginning. Yeah. And after you can build a brand on it, right? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, and, and it's you, better if, if you have something, if you have a product that's not like not selling itself like crazy, because a lot of dropshippers, what they do, like they see a product, it's going well, they copy paste yeah. the whole thing, it's going well again. Mm-hmm. And then the whole uh, product gets saturated, the market yeah. gets uh, burned out. And it's not going to yeah. work again. But if you have a product which is not the easiest to sell, but manageable to sell, there are going to be some dropshippers selling, of course. But after it burns up, they not they are not going to invest uh, any money into trying to make it a winner again. And but if like some people randomly sees this product again, like next year or something, they they are probably willing to to invest to to start it again. And then you have competition. But if you have a product which is like okay, like it, it's doable, then and and you are willing to invest into into marketing and the whole creatives and uh, not even just money part, but energy into one product and you stick to it, um, then yes, you are good to go to to a big brand uh, because there is a big. And they cannot, yeah, they cannot catch you anymore, mm-hmm. or much harder. Yeah, once uh, once that happens, that you gain some money and. Uh, stick through yeah. they, they can't catch you yes 100 yeah okay that was a great uh great advice to the end so yeah thanks for this talk daniel and uh, and thanks everyone who listened to this episode um yeah the next episode is coming out next uh, thursday and until then stay tuned Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing. 
or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Buday Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal, grow your e-commerce business together. Thank you.